want to thank God for the series we have been having. And those of you who are joining us on LiveGate Outreach TV, you are very welcome. And you are listening to this by iTunes on podcasts or Buzzsprouts. You are very welcome in Jesus' name. We want to thank God for the series that we have been having on celebrating purposeful gifts and callings. Celebrating purposeful gifts and callings. And we said everything you do in life is a gift. Not everybody can do the job you do, believe me. You do it routinely, you do it very easily, and you think everybody can do it. Not everybody can. There are people who are gifted in other areas of life. So we are celebrating everybody's gifts because we recognize that whatever you are doing as a vocation is a God-given gift that we must celebrate with you and encourage you to keep doing it, and also to pray alongside you that you will excel in it, and to pray for younger people who are Christians especially to come into such trades. I've explained to you ever since we started how everything that we do in our lives, whether we teach, we work in a factory, we work in a home, we work in a hospital, we work in a school, whatever we do, we are, or we just support people generally doing charity work, whatever we do, these are all God's gifts to mankind to bless mankind so that man can enjoy the abundant life that he has ordained. And so this is our banner for today and our emphasis today will be on transporters, people who do logistics and uh, planners. And I will explain some of us may not be too familiar with all those, especially the last two, so that you can understand what they do. And uh, some of you may also, through this series, may be considering... Uh, you know, encouraging other youngsters to come into some of these disciplines because you will know a bit more about what they do. And also, some of you may be considering that it might be an opportunity to have a career change. It's never too late to have a career change. Uh, my, my wife, she trained in our 20s. She trained to be a business administrator, and she had her degree and did all that. And uh, when we got to this country, she retrained. And you see her today, she's a nurse, but she didn't start off like a, as a nurse. So there, are, there is always the opportunity at times, if you need to, and God makes it possible for you, you can retrain, you can become something else, especially if God is opening that door for you. So let us uh, continue to trust God to minister to us, even as we look at these different uh, vocational gifts in our midst. So today we're looking at those ones that have been highlighted. We're going to read our key scripture together from 2 Peter chapter 1 from verse 10. As we go on in the service today, let's go everybody together. One, two, go. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. Make your call and election sure. Verse 11, let's go together. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So he said we should be diligent. We should be intentional to make our call and election sure. He said if we do that, an entrance will be supplied to us into the everlasting kingdom of God. And last week we said from Matthew 25, that everlasting kingdom is a place of reward. It's not until we go to heaven and uh, we hear those words in heaven that say, well done, good and faithful servant, come into the rest of your Lord. It starts from now. 
It starts from now. As you are diligent in doing what God has called you to do, God rewards you. God rewards you and blesses you for being a blessing to humanity as you are using that gift. The church is very, very focused. We have said this over and over again in this series. The body of Christ is very focused on what we call spiritual gifts, the gifts of prophecy, the gifts of tongues, speaking in tongues and interpretation of tongues, the gift of faith, the gift of miracles, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, the gift of counsel, spirit of counsel, and so on and so forth. We, we say those things, and we talk about the fivefold ministry, the apostles, pastors, prophets, evangelists, teachers, and so on. Now, those are gifts, ministry gifts, spiritual gifts, good, all of us should have. But the ability to do what you do in where you, at the places you operate, outside the church, is, are also gifts. So today, we want to quickly look at these people, transporters. Transporters help us basically to move from place to place, as simple as that. So everyone who drives a bus, drives a taxi, believe me, you may be shocked to see how much these people impact our society. The thousands of people that they move around. People who drive trains, train drivers. In London, it is recorded that London moves, London Underground and the bus system moves one billion people every year. One billion people. London alone, one billion people every year. Of course, some people there count for more than, you know, <laughs> 1,000 times because they, they are always there every day. Yeah. Some of you that live in this part of the country do not understand the importance of the systems like the London Underground. I challenge you one day, if you are free, just go down to London take a train from Wolverhampton, say at about five, one of those early trains, get to London at seven, you'll be shocked. You almost have no space to pass. When you get to Houston, you see people everywhere. They stand like sardines. <laughs> and those trains work like that 365 days in a year, moving people from work to home, home to work, school to home and all that making it possible for people to go and do things and these are people like you and i now there are there, there is a need for us to celebrate such gifts for people who apply themselves over these 24 hours working tirelessly people like pilots who fly our planes people like uh, ship captains who uh, you know captain the ships that ferry us from place to place and so on. So these are transporters and we celebrate the gift of God upon their lives. Again, not everyone can do those jobs. It takes a level of discipline to be at your duty post, to drive consistently, to blow your mind away from the challenges of life that you have, to concentrate on your driving and be able to take people safely from place to place. There are people who work as logistic experts. Logistics is just basically looking at complex operations and making them work. A lot of the times, people who work in this area are highly undermined. Their work is not so much as evident as the people they work for. People who work in warehouses, factories, that make sure that products move from place to place and get to where they ought to get to in time. People who make sure that drugs and medicine prescriptions are, are, are delivered on time to the people that need them. People who make sure that ambulances and those emergency systems are functioning optimally when they are needed and where they are needed. 
These are very important things. Some of you don't know the great job that people who work in airports do. It is one of the most complicated operations to, to run an airport, from the baggage handling system to all the people who work with tickets, who reroute planes, people who clean the planes when they come, and so on. And all these people who service the planes and uh, uh, you know, attend to, to those things. We see the pilots, we see the, the air hostesses, and we think they are the only ones. In fact, their job is very, very much cream on the cake. By the time you, are, you see them there and you sat in the plane, hundreds of people have walked on that plane alone. Hundreds of people. Then the people in the control tower who make sure that those planes go up at the right time. We have airports in the world today that are ferrying people into the air every two minutes. Every two minutes, not less than 200 people are taken into the air or landed in, in, in airports like uh, Dubai International Airport like Denver Airport in the United States, very, very busy airports with big planes, like, like the A380 that can carry 500 people at once. And yet, you still arrive where you arrive, your luggage still meets you at least 90% of the time. They don't get it right all the time. But at least 90% of the time, you still find your luggage out of all that crowd. Have you ever thought about it? Airports like Singapore, where thousands of people land at the same time and take off at the same time. These people who work in logistics are specially gifted to work their area of the logistics of every operation that they work so that you and I can have the peace of God to do other things that God has called us to do. People who work as planners, they help us to organize events. They help us to organize programs. Again, this is another very important aspect of life that people do not understand. They work from that range right up to uh, the, the planning of towns and cities. They make, this is why we call them in that regards, we call them urban and regional planners. Because they help us see how our cities can grow, how the layouts can work very well, how the road systems can be designed for expansion for 20 years' time, for later on in life, so that when the population of the town doubles, the town is not going to have to explode because uh, of that population growth. Planners are people who work extensively in this regard to make it happen. Those of you who have seen cities that are not planned and towns that are not planned will know how chaotic it can be when you cannot move from, you know, you can't move for one kilometer because it is not planned. As you think that the road is now working well, you just see somebody's house right in front of the thing <laughs> and you have to find a way to navigate around it. That is an unplanned town. But where you have planners, the people who planned the London Underground planned it and built it 150 years ago. 150, I didn't say 50, 150 years ago. And they planned for today and even 100 years' time. They knew that their city was going to be a city that was going to have a population that will come to, at that point in time, maybe there were just about 200, 300,000 people in London, but they knew that a time will come that the city was going to have millions of people and will need a system that will have to function from under the surface of the earth so that they can actually have more space on top of the ground. Planners are very high-level people and we must celebrate them for their gifts. I've taken time to explain this, but I must also say, like I always say in every one of these instances, you are also a transporter, you are also involved in logistics, you are also involved in planning. It's just for you to understand that at your level, you do those things. 
if you drove here today, you transported yourself here, isn't it? Praise the Lord. <laughs> so you are also, in a way, you are a transporter. And if you've, planned, if, you've ever, if you've ever planned anything in your life that you have seen the outcome of it, then you have also been involved in planning. But we know that there are people who do it as a profession and do it commercially. And they are, we are, they are the ones we are really celebrating today. So like all good gifts, we have said last week, James 1.17 says all good and perfect gifts come from above. So like all good gifts come from above, these planners also have their roots in God. God has shown us planning right from the beginning. Let's look at Genesis chapter 1, uh, Genesis chapter 2, verse 1. The Bible says, let's read together. Thus, the heavens and the earth and all the hosts of them were what? Finished. Were finished. Somebody said they were completed. Say they were completed. Every one of these gifts we talked about, whether it's transporters, logistics, planners, they are people who always complete projects. Either they complete taking you from one place to the other as a deliverable, or they help you to get a particular product delivered to you in terms of logistics. Your tickets have come on time, or your baggages have been given to you when you arrive in your destination and so on. And at the same time, they help you to plan an event to see an outcome. So they are responsible. And so it started from God. The Bible says God himself. If you read Genesis chapter 1, you know very well the story of creation. The Bible created the whole earth in six days. He made man on the sixth day. And on the seventh day, the Bible says he rested. Now, the Bible says in Genesis 2, and thus the heavens and the earth and all the hosts of them were what? Finished. So God, say with me, God is the first master planner. So everything was finished. And the Bible says, go to verse 8. The Lord God then planted a garden in eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. He did not put the man in the garden. He did not, he did not take the man and put him elsewhere. He created the garden and put the man. He planted the garden and put the man therein. Planning details, verse 15. I'm just taking some verses from Genesis 2, verse 15. The Bible says, Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden to do what? To tend it and keep it. So man was put in the garden, and man's duty became that of having to go on with planning, with logistics, making sure that life was going on. We know that the physical garden, man was banished from it, but man was restored, as it were, to the garden of Eden, through the, the Lord Jesus Christ, because God reconciled us to Himself again through Jesus. First Kings chapter ten, verse twenty-one. This was where we read, and I want you to see. First Kings three, God promised Solomon that he was going to be a wise king, that he will be so blessed that nobody will be blessed like him. Now, for Solomon to to demonstrate and manifest that wisdom and that influence, he needed a system of transportation and logistics around him, either for people to come to him or for him to be a blessing to people. And this is what we saw in this chapter. First Kings chapter 10, from verse 21. The Bible says, All the king Solomon's drinking vessels were gold, and all the vessels of the house of the forest of Lebanon were pure gold, not one was silver. For this was accounted for as nothing in the days of Solomon. Verse 22. 
verse 22. Let's read verse 22 together. For the king had merchant ships. Somebody say ships. At where? Sea with the fleet of Hiram. Once every three years, the merchant ships came bringing gold, silver, ivory, apes, and monkeys. Now, this was how the prophecy on his life could be fulfilled. He had to have these ships who were bringing things in. In their days, they didn't have planes. Otherwise, I'm sure he would have had many planes. Hallelujah. He would have had many planes. But the Bible says he had merchant ships. And once in every three years, these were bringing things to him. What am I trying to say? There is a prophecy on your life that certain things will be happening to you and that you will accomplish certain things. But part of what you need in your life are the physical logistics that God will put your way to make it happen for you. Praise the Lord. It is very important we value these things and treasure them. The Bible says in verse 23, because he was able to do this, look at what happened to him in verse 23. So King Solomon, read it with me. So King Solomon surpassed all the kings of the earth in riches and wisdom. Verse 26. And Solomon also gathered chariots and horsemen. And he had 1,400 chariots, 12,000 horsemen, whom he stationed in the chariot cities with the king at Jerusalem. He was very, very uh, 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 serious about having these chariots and these ships and these things, these vessels that were to facilitate the prophecy of God upon his life. Verse 29, verse 29, go straight to verse 29. It said, now a chariot that was imported from Egypt cost 600 shekels of silver and a horse 150 and thus through their agents they exported. Those agents are the people who were responsible for the logistics. They were the people who made it work. They were the people who saw through that complex operation. Six. The chariots were costing 600 shekels of silver. These were very important things. And the Bible says, and through their agents, they exported them to all the kings of the Hittites and the kings of Syria. Hallelujah. So we know that transporters have helped in the establishment of God's kingdom here on earth. Very substantially, transporters have helped in establishing the kingdom here on earth. There was a story of Philip in Acts chapter 8. When we were reading the book of Acts, we, we talked about how God helped Philip to meet the Ethiopian eunuch. The Bible says concerning that man, look at what happened. And I want to show you something about transportation there. Acts chapter, 20, Acts chapter 8 verse 26. The Bible says, Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise, go toward, Acts eight twenty six. Go towards the south along the road which goes down from jerusalem to gaza this is desert verse 27 so he arose and went and behold a man of ethiopia a eunuch of great authority under candace the queen of the ethiopians who had charge of all her treasury and had come to jerusalem to do what to worship what was he verse 28 he had come to worship, but how was he worshiping? The Bible says, was returning. Let's read verse 28 together. 
was returning and sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then verse 29, then the spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake this chariot. The chariot is my emphasis there. This was a man God was preparing. He was always going down to Jerusalem to have the Jewish worship. But he didn't know much about the Savior. He didn't know anything about the Savior. But God knew that his heart was prepared, ready for salvation. But what was the connection between Candice and uh, uh, Jerusalem? It was the chariot that he was able to use. So Philip was instructed by the Holy Spirit to go there. And then we know the rest of the story that that was how God used this encounter to give that man salvation and he was actually baptized as we read to the end of chapter 8. So this is very important. Transporters help us in establishing the kingdom of God as well. Apart from helping us to get to our jobs and doing things that we do, we must understand that transportation has always been key and central in the propagation of the gospel. Paul's ministry started as he transported himself on a horse from Jerusalem to Damascus. We know that in Acts chapter 9. We also saw how God used ships to transport, transport him from Caesarea to Rome in Acts chapter 27. Let's read that, Acts chapter 27 verse 1. This was when he was going to be, he said he wanted to be tried before Caesar. We read all this when we were doing the book of Acts, so I won't waste too much time on it. But the Bible says, and when it was decided that we should sail to Italy, they delivered Paul and some other prisoners to one named Julius, a centurion of the Augustan regiment. Let's read verse 2 together. So, verse 2, Acts 27, verse 2, let's read together. So, entering a ship of Adramitium, we put to sea, meaning to sail along the coast of Asia, Aristarchus, a Macedonian of Thessalonica, was with us. The key thing there is so entering a ship. The desire was to go to Rome from Caesarea and to be tried in Rome, but he could not get there without the ship. What am I trying to say, friends? The importance of transportation in linking us from place to place must never be underemphasized, and we can never overemphasize it. Overemphasize it. We must continue to celebrate the gift of God in that privilege that we are able to. People who lived in these times don't have the privilege we live today. They sailed for weeks and for months to move between continents in those times. These days we fly in minutes, we're in Europe. These days we fly six hours, we're almost halfway across the world. The world has changed and we now have the privilege to spread the gospel even better than they did in their time. This is why we must thank God for this, the increase in this gift of transportation. Many times we undervalue what we are able to do. Yesterday I was speaking with some of our church members at, at, at about 9 a.m. And I was saying to the person that do you know that today I woke up from my house in Warsaw and by 9 a.m. I had been in Leicester and I had been in Essex. I did not overspeed. Okay, but that is the truth. <laughs> Not that I was overspeeding. Don't say, how did you do it? No, I didn't overspeed. <laughs> I left in good time. I dropped my son off in Leicester. And at the same time, I, got, I left Leicester and went for a 9 a.m. meeting. I got to Essex to the meeting place, 8.30 on the dot. I had to wait for 30 minutes. 
for nine to happen because God helps us with good transport. In, our, in the days of these people, that trip would have taken two weeks, three weeks to do just those three cities. So we don't have an excuse. This is where I'm coming to. We must use the gift and the power of transportation that God has given to us to deliver more for this gospel. The same commission that Paul was running with, go to all the world and preach the gospel, is the same commission we still have today. We just need to engage with it, celebrate the gift of those who are gifted to transport us in those regards, but also understand fully well that we are also in a place where these gifts can also be used to propagate the gospel even much more. So whilst God has promised to watch over our going out and our coming in, we know this in Deuteronomy 28 verse 6, and protect us under the shadow of his wings. We know this in Psalm 91 and Matthew chapter 28. The Bible says, he said, behold, I will be with you always. He has given skills to people like pilots, drivers of these commercial vehicles, train drivers, ship captains, and others that help us to be able to take us safely from place to place. And also, we are blessed that these people use their gifts so that we can arrive to the places that we are called to be. Now, the truth is that there are loads of stories like this, maybe not this graphic, not this detail, that happen from time to time. And we see these people, many times when you are sleeping in the cabin, you don't know how much they have gone through things to go through some of the, sand, the, 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 the heavy storms that are in the air and so many things that could have caused havoc. Of course, not every time that things unfortunately go, go right and we do have fatalities and disasters, but in many cases, these people risk their lives and they do things that are beyond the normal call of duty just to make sure that lives are spared. And this is why we must celebrate these gifts. We must be thankful to God for them. We must be thankful to God to these people for what they do. We must also return all the glory to God in our personal lives when we walk, when we cycle, when we drive from place to place to undertake our life ministry and assignments. So this is very important and I just wanted to make that emphasis on us celebrating this proposal gift of transporters and those that work in the areas of logistics. We must also continue to celebrate the gift of God in planners because these people also help us to successfully carry out events, projects, like I said, development of towns and cities. They are God's gift to humanity in making visions turn into reality. These people are specially gifted of God to be people who can allow things to work normally and seamlessly. But God is, as I said, the master planner. Isaiah said we should praise him Isaiah chapter 25 verse 1, the Bible says, Isaiah said, O Lord, let's read Isaiah 25 verse 1 together. O Lord, you are my... Okay, let's read together. Thank you. O Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you. I will praise your name for you have done wonderful things. Your counsels of old are faithfulness and truth. The word counsels there mean your plans. The things you have planned from the foundation of the earth are faithfulness and truth. 
Jeremiah 29, 11, the Bible says, For I know the plans that I have towards you. Some translation says the thoughts that I have towards you. But they are plans. Those thoughts are his plans. And they are of good and not of evil. They are of good to give you a future and a hope. To bring you to an expected end. So God himself is the one who makes us able to enjoy out of his own bounty of effective and detailed planning. The Old Testament is filled with examples of leaders who established strategic plans and carried them through. People like David who planned out the building of the temple and would have built it if not God stopping him and asking him to pass it over to Solomon. But he planned it to the point where every material that was needed to, to build it was ready. Solomon just needed to come and build it as God has commanded. David was a master planner. Moses was a great planner. Somebody who led three million people across a desert over 40 years. He was strategic. He was a planner. He was somebody who knew how to tell the people as God was leading him and to cascade the information down. When he was not too sure and he was doing it in a linear way, his, his father-in-law came and advised him. His father-in-law Jethro came and advised him and said, appoint 70 people who are elders, who understand these same things you are trying to say to the people and walk in a parallel fashion so that you cannot linearly, you will wear out and the people too will be worn out. And so it takes planning for us to see that with these people that God used in time past and God is still using today are God's gift to us. Same with Joshua and so many others in the Old Testament. And in the New Testament, we can talk about Paul. We can talk about the missionary journeys of Paul, how they were planned. In Acts chapter 15, he said, let's go back to all the cities where we have had converts. And one by one, let us go and strengthen them again. He put out plans every time. Like we read, he sailed to Italy from Caesarea in Acts chapter 27. But we can also look at Jesus Christ. Nobody was more effective in planning than Jesus. We don't have enough time to go through to show the fact that God established planning through the life and ministry of Jesus Christ today because of time. But I want to remind you, when Jesus started his ministry, he went and recruited Peter, James, and John and he started recruiting the disciples. Those disciples, he planned it in such a way, trained them, and those disciples became the apostles we know in Acts chapter 1, later on. But he trained them, he showed them their ways. And right before his eyes, in Luke chapter 10, he sent them out two by two. He said to them, go and test these things I've been preaching to you out. So there was a plan in his life about how to actualize what God has called him to do. He recruited them, trained them into leadership, and he sent them to the ends of the earth. And by the time he was telling them in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, that he was now living and that the Holy Spirit was going to come upon them and they shall be witnesses, by that time, he had already put in so much into them. We saw that after the Holy Ghost came upon them in Acts chapter 3, what we saw in Peter and John in manifesting at the temple, or Peter's message in Acts chapter 2, was clear that he had received so much so much that in acts chapter 4 the bible says when they saw that they were not so much of schooled people not so much of education in them they saw that they had been with jesus because their mannerism was like that of jesus so nobody could plan more effectively than that he taught them publicly he showed them how to work miracles 
Ultimately, this strategy took him all the way to the cross and he fulfilled his God sent a mission to go to the grave and to resurrect from the grave. So Jesus Christ knew how to plan. He knew how to provide the redemption plan to every one of us. When the, there was no food in Acts chapter, in John chapter 6, when they were lacking food and the people were complaining of what to eat, the Bible says that he looked at them and he said, let us give them food. He said, serve them something. They said, there's no way we can buy enough bread to feed these people. He said, what do you have? When they gave him the five loaves and the two fish from the child, he said to them, make the people sit down. Tell the people, sit down. And as he lifted it up and as he prayed, and God miraculously uh, uh, caused the, the increase of the loaves to come, the Bible says they began to give out to them. So much so that it was so well planned that they could account for 12 full baskets after all the people had been fed. So he said, Master Planner. Why am I saying this today? If you are living a chaotic life, that you wake up from day to day and it lacks a plan. You just roll from activity to activity or no activity at all. You need to go before the Lord and say, Lord, the wisdom that you give to planners who plan big things, who plan big projects, the same grace you give to them, help me to be able to plan my life. Do you know that it takes the wisdom of God to know how to plan your life? To know how to use the resources that God has given you effectively to make a productive day every day? It takes the wisdom of God. But you must plan. You must plan to succeed, otherwise you are already planning to fail. If you do not know how to plan to succeed, you are automatically planning to fail. Let us understand the significance of these things we are sharing. Nobody can attain to anything in life if they do not know how to trust God for the wisdom to plan. To plan your time, to plan your money, to plan your life, to plan your marriage, to plan your parenting, to plan your career, to plan your job, to plan your ministry. You must plan. One of the biggest calamities of life today is living anyhow and expecting a result somehow. You cannot afford to do that. You wake up, there is what is called short-term plan, medium-term plan, and long-term plan. There are some long-term plans by the grace of God that I have for this church that if I open my mouth to tell you, you will say, this man is, is deluded. <laughs> so I don't tell you now because you can't handle it. <laughs> you can't handle it. But I'm telling you the short, short ones now. Let's do outreach. Let's do this. Let, those are short, short-term things. There are some big things ahead. I said there are some big things ahead. And it takes planning. It takes planning for us to understand short-term, medium-term, long-term, and to engage with them. So we must keep seeking the will of God to be done. That, Lord, my desire is to serve you. My desire is to optimize life and to be the person. I just told you how I went to Essex yesterday. The original thinking was that Friday evening, I would take my son to Leicester, come back, and then drive first thing in the morning to attend this meeting in Essex. Essex is about three hours away from us here. And then later on in the day, I sat down again to think it through. Why bother to go to Leicester, come back? Leicester is just a little bit eastward, but it's, it's, still, it's further down south. I said, why bother to go to Leicester, come back to Warsaw, and then under 
eight hours later or ten hours later, you are going out down to London side again. So all that needed to happen was that I scale back the time, make sure I leave earlier on on a Saturday. If I was to leave at six to get there for nine, I now left five so that I could get to Leicester and Leicester was two and a half hours away from where I was going. It takes those kind of little things. It may not look like much, but you become more productive when you go to that level of detail with your life. You plan to come to church. You plan to pray. You plan to read the Bible. You don't just stumble into reading the Bible. You don't just think, now what can I do? Okay, ah, let me read the Bible. No, you will say by 5 a.m. I want to read my Bible. Then you plan your sleep and plan your time to be there by 5 a.m. to do that. These are things that we need to be doing because, again, look at the people who plan the big, big things of this life. They have the same mind that you have, as in brain. But you have the mind of Christ. You can trust the mind of Christ to help you to even achieve much more with your life and your area of calling than any one professional. I want to close with this scripture in Psalm 33, verse 10. Psalm 33, verse 10. The Bible says, The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He makes the plans of the people of no effect. Verse 11. Let's read together. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart to all generations. May you continue to contact the plans of God for your life. In the name of Jesus. One of the biggest things that gives you stability in life is when you are walking according to God's plan. You are confident, you are strong, you are stable, you are immovable. Because you are walking by the resources of heaven that make those things stand forever. Enduring legacies are built on the infiltration of the supernatural. They are built on an endorsement from heaven by people who have decided to engage with the agenda of heaven. It doesn't just jump on people. You and I must press into the plans of God for our lives. We must go on our knees and say, Lord, deliver to me the blueprint of my life. Help me to know what I ought to be doing, when I ought to be doing, how I ought to be doing. And as you do those things, God himself supplies you all the resources that you need from on high. And the Lord will continue to bless you in Jesus' name. I want us to rise to our feet and pray this morning.